Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yeah! Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech, executive producer at the IQ. So, here it is, you all. Creators out there, especially my newer creators, have you ever tried to grow on one platform, but for whatever reason, you weren't getting the traction that you felt like you should get on that platform? What did you do? Did you try to stick it out with the platform that you started out on? Or did you try your hand at another platform, maybe to see if you can do things and get stuff accomplished on that other platform? Sometimes we get stuck doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And for those of y'all who know where I'm going with this, that is the very definition of insanity. Okay. So I've been on YouTube for almost five years now, but when I was on my original YouTube channel, I was growing and I was doing all right, but I wasn't really experiencing the growth that I thought I could on my original YouTube channel. So a year ago, there was this new platform that came out called Clubhouse. And you all have might have uh, heard me tell the story before, but I tried my hand at Clubhouse. And because I was willing to start something new on Clubhouse, it afforded me the opportunity to be discovered by vidIQ. And one breath, I got my brand deal with vidIQ. And then in the next breath, vidIQ ended up bringing me on full time, which is why you are listening to the sound of my voice right now, hosting this podcast. But I would not be here and the opportunity would have never presented itself had I not been willing to take a chance and start on Clubhouse, which is a brand new platform at the time. I mean, it had been out for about a few months, a year maybe, but it was still relatively new. It was kind of hot at the time. I decided, you know what? Let me get on Clubhouse and see what I can do. So I ended up building a following on Clubhouse. And again, I got the cover by vidIQ and you all know the rest of history. You have to be willing as a creator to pivot when something is not working. Today's guest has done that. I'm going to be joined by a newer creator, up and coming creator. Her name is Rebecca MC. She started off on Twitch, but then she pivoted to YouTube because she was not seeing the growth on Twitch that she felt like she should see. And she is doing good on YouTube. So we're going to talk to her about that. Don't be afraid to try something new if what you're trying currently is not working. I have said it time and time again on this podcast and on the live stream. Nothing, and I mean nothing, will grow inside of your comfort zone. You have to be willing to go outside of your comfort zone if you want to grow as a human being, if you want to grow as a creator, if you want to achieve things that you have never achieved, you have to do things that you have never done. That is just the reality of life. You have to be willing to take chances, take risks, if you want that great success that you feel like you should achieve. You're not going to get it running in place. You're not going to get it doing the same thing over and over again. Hopefully, that will give you the nudge that some of you may need to take a chance and try something new. So let's bring in Rebecca and talk to her about her journey going from Twitch to YouTube. So let's roll to the podcast. Welcome back to Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. And this week, I am joined by probably one of the biggest fans I've seen yet of vidIQ. She is a content creator, streamer, gamer. Let me introduce Miss. Rebecca MC to the show. Hey, Rebecca, how you doing? Hi, Viper. I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thank you for joining me, Rebecca. I appreciate you making the time. So thank you again. For the people that aren't familiar with you, Rebecca, you and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So 
full-time, I'm a business analyst, but on the side, I do live streaming of my gameplay. And I also created a video series called Small Streamer Diaries, where I talk about my experiences and things that I've learned about being a streamer. It's been a very interesting journey so far. I started on Twitch in June of 2021, but a few months later, I moved completely over to YouTube. Ah, so you started off on Twitch first and then you came to YouTube. So I want to talk about your YouTube experience in a moment here. But first, I want to talk about what was your experience like on Twitch? Because obviously, we don't really talk about Twitch too much here with vidIQ, but it's a platform out there mm -hmm. and it's the preeminent live streaming platform. So tell us a little bit about your experience on Twitch. Okay. Yeah. So when I wanted to start live streaming, of course, everybody was like, well, you have to go stream on Twitch because that's the platform that everybody streams on. So I was very excited. I went on Twitch, I started streaming, and I would stream like four hours, like four to five times a week, and it wasn't really going anywhere. And I wasn't doing any other content either. But at the time, you know, I had just been starting out and I didn't really know what I was doing as a content creator. So all I was doing was streaming. I got pretty frustrated with my lack of growth on Twitch, especially because Twitch has that kingmaker system where the top streamers stay at the top and then the bottom streamers they just stay at the bottom. I mean, Twitch ranks streams by the numbers of viewers and hardly anyone is scrolling down to click on a new streamer with zero to five viewers. So I was getting pretty frustrated. I started looking into other ways to grow my stream and my channel. And that's where I found out there were other platforms to stream on. All right. So uh, as you said, there are other platforms to stream on, but you chose YouTube. Why did you choose YouTube? I chose YouTube because I felt like it had the best algorithm for discoverability. And I also didn't want to be in a position where I worried about my channel if I wasn't live. Because on Twitch, I mean, there's really no algorithm. And I mean, there's all these channels and strategies about the algorithm on YouTube. There's a science behind it. But on Twitch, literally the only strategy to grow your channel is to go to a different platform. And I was like, okay, well, that's a little silly. Like, why can't I just grow on Twitch? Because there's no algorithm on Twitch. It's just viewers to the bottom viewers. That's it. And, you know, I can't be live all the time. I have a full-time job. I have other things to do in my life. It's like on Twitch, if you're not live, you're pretty much irrelevant. And so I wanted to be able to grow offline as well. I also think that YouTube has a lot of other features that are great, like the community tab, uh, shorts. I just felt like it was the best way to grow long-term. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I feel like YouTube definitely, I would agree with you. They have a lot more avenue for creators to grow uh, an audience in their community as opposed to Twitch, but you are mostly a live streamer. So what drew you to live streaming as opposed to doing just regular non-live videos? Well, I play a lot of video games. That's what I do most of the time in my free time. And I thought live streaming looked fun, but I wasn't really in a position to start live streaming because I used to work in an office. And so I would have to go into work every day. And, you know, I'd come home and I have been at work all day and I'm like, I'm tired. I want to go work out. I want to do other things. And I just felt like I didn't really have the time for streaming. So it's something I wanted to do for a long time. But it's not until I worked from home that I felt like I was in a position where I could finally get a streaming setup, you know, with no commute. <laughs> it's been a lot easier. Yeah, the whole working from home, no commute thing. Oh, my God. I cannot tell you. <laughs> I love it. So I know exactly how you feel about that. That's amazing. Yeah, I never want to go back to an office. <laughs> You are not alone in that sentiment, Rebecca. <laughs> you are not alone. You talked about being frustrated with your growth or lack thereof on Twitch. Do you feel like YouTube gives you, uh, giving you the opportunity to grow that Twitch did not give you? 
I definitely do. And so I always say there's no bad streams on YouTube because everything contributes to your growth on YouTube. So even if I have a stream where nobody comes in, I have a stream that can turn into a video and people can still go watch it and add to my watch hours. And then every subscriber adds to your path to partner. Every short that I post, it gives me exposure to my channel. I mean, I just don't feel like I can do anything on YouTube that would hinder my growth. Whereas on Twitch, if I go and stream for four hours and I get zero to five people coming in, I mean, I enjoy the people that were there. I really appreciate them coming in and taking the time, but it kind of feels like a waste of four hours, you know, like you need 75 viewers on average on Twitch to make partner. And so that's, you know, very far from 75 viewers. So it kind of feels like you just are going nowhere when you have these streams where you have very low viewership. Yeah, Twitch was always uh, a weird thing to me. And I mean, I have, I've been on Twitch, I've streamed on Twitch before, but yeah, growing on Twitch, like you said earlier, very, very difficult. And you really have to go outside of Twitch if you want to build your growth on Twitch, which is not very intuitive to somebody that's spending that much time on Twitch. So when you were talking about growing on YouTube and having a different avenues, like doing live streams or regular videos or shorts, and having that content be discoverable, because that's the big word here, discoverability and being discoverable. YouTube lends itself a lot more to a creator wanting to grow a community uh, on a platform besides Twitch. Because again, with Twitch, like you said, there's no algorithm there. There's no discoverability. I know they're supposed to be working on something. But right now, at the uh, recording of this podcast, there's mm-hmm. nothing going on on Twitch as it relates to a creator being discoverable. So I would definitely agree, while Twitch might be the platform known for streaming and where you want to go to stream, if you want to be discovered and actually grow a little bit, YouTube is definitely where you want to go. And not to mention YouTube is kind of taking all of the biggest Twitch stars and having them sign the big multi-million dollar contract to be exclusive on YouTube. So uh, I don't know. Initially, you know, whatever, Becca. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and one of the reasons I decided to go to YouTube actually was because I thought it was, you know, going to really start becoming big as a live streaming platform. And I wanted to get there early. I wanted to get there before everybody else wanted to go there. I mean, I think, you know, all the big streamers now, they were on Twitch or even before it was Twitch, when it was Justin TV, they were on there. And they're the ones that made what streaming is today. Like, they're the ones that made that happen. And I think if you, you know, you want to do anything great, you want to grow, you have to be, you know, the first one to do it or early or you got to do something different. And everybody's on Twitch now. Like, everybody wants to be a streamer on Twitch. So I was like, I want to go to a platform where I can stand out some more. So you said you started in, I think, uh, June of 2021 on Twitch, right? Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, you changed over to YouTube. So what would you say? Maybe September, October, you started on YouTube? Yeah, it was around September. September. Okay. So almost a year now you've been on YouTube. Talk to us about how YouTube has been treating you. Like, have you been able to grow a community and, and find like people that are jobbing with your content and fellow content creators? I know you said you have the small streamer diary of videos that you do, but talk to us about your community experience on YouTube. Like how has that been going as far as finding like-minded individuals and all that good stuff? Yeah, I think uh, YouTube has been really good for that. I mean, because when I was on Twitch, nobody would ever find me. Nobody was just like clicking on my stream and coming in. It was all people that were friends in real life or I met on Twitter or, you know, as a viewer, I would go into Twitch and I would talk to people and then they would come into my stream on Twitch. But YouTube, I've met people who will just randomly click on my stream because YouTube has recommended it to them. 
maybe they were looking up something about the game I was playing. And then YouTube was like, oh, hey, you're looking at this game and Rebecca MC is streaming this game. Why don't you go check it out? And so I've met a lot of people that way who have just clicked on my stream and was like, oh, hey, I love this game. And I was like, oh, cool, me too, obviously, because I'm playing it. Well, I guess I play some games I don't really like either. But yeah, I think it's been really good for connecting people that have similar interests to me because they're looking up the same things that I'm playing. Yeah. And the other cool thing with YouTube is that when you are live, if somebody comes to your channel and you're live streaming at that very moment, there will be an indicator on your channel icon that you are live. So people Mm -hmm. can jump right into your live stream and join it if you happen to be live when they stop by your channel, which is a pretty cool feature of YouTube. Not sure if Twitch has anything like that going on, but it's pretty nice. Yeah. So you are a gamer, so I got to ask you, Rebecca, okay. uh, what is your game system of choice today or these days? What are, you, what are you gaming on? So mostly these days it's my PC, but before that it was PlayStation and Nintendo. So PS4 and Switch. I got a PS5 now, although I hardly ever use it. <laughs> I know. I played Ratchet and Clank on it. Did you just say that out loud? Did you have a PS5 that collects and does? Oh, they're going to come for you, Rebecca. Oh, no. <laughs> so what type of game do you like to play on your pc so i mostly play action adventure and rpgs but i i mean i play everything really so i have a variety of games on my channel which is i know is not really like the recommended thing to do do gotcha so what game are you playing right now i am playing um the witcher one and then i have also been playing castle crashers with some friends and also borderlands 3 and then some other games here and there, like Golf with Your Friends and Fall Guys. So really, like, I play everything. Gotcha. So we are in August of 2022, and the year is almost drawing to a close. So I'm curious, are there any games coming down the pipe for the rest of the year that you're looking forward to playing? Not any games that are coming out, like not like new games. But I've got a bunch of games in my backlog. So I really want to play Persona 4, The Great Ace Attorney games which are related to the ace attorney games which i love i played those a long time ago but wasn't streaming then i don't even think streaming was a thing when those came out those were like early 2000s some puzzle games i have a whole bunch of games in my backlog <laughs> i love it when very uh, all the gamers are like yeah i got so many games in my backlog <laughs> so many games so little Happens time right one yeah what is your favorite game that you play Oh, I don't know if I have a single favorite game, but I have favorite game series. So like I love the God of War series. That's one of my favorite series. Uncharted, Last of Us, Zelda, Final Fantasy. I really have like more game series that are my favorites rather than specific games. Well, it's a good thing that you got that PS5 because, you know, God of War Ragnarok coming in November. So you got to dust it off, Rebecca. You got to dust it off. (laughs) I know. I know. Got to get through that backlog first or maybe I won't because it's God of War. Have you played the original God of War remake for PS4? Did you play that? I didn't play it on PS4, but I did play them when they came out. Oh, what did you play it on? So I think the first one was PS2. No, no, I'm talking about the, the remake that came out in 2018, I think. I think that when it came oh, out. Oh, okay, yeah. I did play that one. Okay. Okay, so that one wasn't exactly a remake. It was like a, I guess, kind of like a continuation of the series. But they just called it God of War. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Definitely. There's a lot of big things happening in gaming right now. And it's pretty cool that you are streaming on YouTube and you are connecting with uh, fellow content creators and things like that. Do you feel like the uh, the creator community have been receptive to you uh, being on YouTube and streaming your games on YouTube? No, <laughs> no. I, you know, when I decided to move to YouTube, everybody was like, why? Why would you do that? Because people stream on Twitch. That's where, you know, that's where people stream. You got to stay on Twitch. 
And I mean, people thought I was completely crazy for going to YouTube to stream. They were like, nobody watches streams there. That's only a place for videos. Nobody's going to find your stream. Nobody's going to watch you there. And even to this day, I mean, I get like a barrage of people on Twitter every time I post about YouTube streaming. And I'm just getting told the same exact things. Like, I can't believe you would ever go to YouTube for streaming. That's just crazy. Twitch is the place to stream if you want to be a streamer. I mean, to this day, it's just tons and tons of tweets at me saying like, you are completely crazy. Do they not understand that Dr. Disrespect is on YouTube streaming <laughs> and there's other big time gaming streamers that are on YouTube? What are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm like, well, all the big streamers on YouTube get like 30 to 50,000 people per stream. So people clearly know streams are there. I think it's, um, you know, a lot of streamers get so attached to this idea of Twitch and they just will not let go of it. And Twitch has really sold this idea of being a Twitch partner. Like, oh, when, once you make Twitch partner, that's the dream. You know, you've made it as a partner. You know, you know, you made it as a streamer. You can do whatever you want once you're a partner. People really hold on to that idea. And I don't advocate for people leaving Twitch if they're happy there. I'm not trying to get them to come to YouTube if they're happy on Twitch. I just ask that if people are not happy with their growth on Twitch, I just ask them to look at other platforms, like just consider it, you know, if you're not happy on Twitch and people will not do that. They're just like, no, uh, you know, Twitch is the place to stream. I don't know YouTube. I only understand Twitch. That is crazy because we always talk about a bit IQ about how you should definitely be diversifying your income and, and the platforms that you're on. Now, we know it's not possible to be on every platform because that's just unrealistic and that will spread you thin. But just being reluctant to even look at other platforms, especially if you're making money on one, that's kind of short-sighted in my opinion because if something happens to Twitch, then you're you're SOL. Like, you need to be looking at other platforms, especially if you're doing it full-time as a creator. That There's no way that you should have your entire income tied up into one platform. That is, that's insanity to me. <laughs> Yeah. Or if you're not happy, you know, on one platform, I know that there's plenty of people that are not happy with their growth on Twitch and they still won't, won't even consider looking at a different platform. All I'm asking people to do is just do a little bit of research and they won't even do that because they're hold so tightly onto this idea of Twitch. And it's crazy to me, too. That's why I started my whole video series on being a streamer and the things that I've learned is to tell people at my level, you know, hey, you should go look at some other platforms if you're not happy at Twitch. And, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, well, you still have to be a good streamer, you still have to do, you know, good content. And if you, you know, don't have good content, the algorithm on YouTube isn't going to make you. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But I think that as creators, we should be utilizing the best tools that are available to us. And from what I see, YouTube has the best discoverability algorithm. And I think we should utilize that to our advantage. Look, as YouTube creators ourselves, we've all been there. Sometimes the next video on your weekly upload schedule is right around the corner, but you have no idea what you're going to record. Well, this exact situation is why vidIQ developed Daily Ideas. It's our newest tool that can help provide you with up to 50 new video ideas every single day. Your daily ideas are generated by our AI, which analyzes your channel and the wider YouTube community to find trending topics with high view potential. With this new tool, you'll never run out of great ideas for new videos. You can try daily ideas for yourself today by downloading vidIQ at vidIQ.com. 
Speaking of tools, Rebecca, I mean, like I said in the intro of the podcast, you have been a long time supporter, almost long. I've been here of VidIQ. Are there things about VidIQ that have helped you along in your YouTube journey that you uh, think that people should be aware of? Yeah, I join those live streams every Tuesday where you do the channel audits. And um, even though I haven't been selected as a channel, I still learn from every single channel that you audit. Like I will be like sitting there like taking notes and applying those tips that you give to everybody to my own channel, like even the non-gaming channels that you do. I'm like writing this down like, okay, change the thumbnail to to this, change the font, whatever. Like, and it's helped me with my videos and streams all the information that you post for free is so helpful to anybody yeah and, it's and, because- and then your twitter account too like you you know you do the thumbnail audits that you just helped me the other day with my thumbnail i did i did indeed and it's interesting that you talk about how even though your channel has not been selected yet for an audit on the uh, live streams, you still gain information and you learn things and that's why i try to tell people all the time even if your channel is not selected, you can still learn a lot from the audits that we do because a lot of times we end up repeating ourselves over and over mm-hmm. again. So if you find us repeating a certain point time and time again, that's definitely something that is a newer creator that you, you should focus on and hone in on and try to improve with your own content because chances are it probably applies to your content and your channel as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I see a lot of people in the chat and those live streams saying, oh, how can I get my channel picked or pick my channel or whatever? And they're not paying attention to the tips you're giving other channels that they could use. We try to tell them. We try to tell them all the time. <laughs> Listen, we out here giving all this free information. I mean, everybody, uh, you know, some people talk about how we're too expensive and things like that, even though we do have a free tier, y'all. Just saying, you can try VidIQ for free. VidIQ.com. Hit us up. But there's a lot of free information that we give out on the YouTube channel, on the social medias and different things like that, that people can take and apply to their own channel. So I would highly recommend you all listening. Even if you're not a vidIQ customer, quote unquote, you can try out vidIQ for free. Stop by vidIQ.com, check us out and just see if it messes with things that you can do with your channel. And again, if you, even if you don't install the tool, we have a whole YouTube channel where we do the live stream like Rebecca alluded to. On Tuesday, we do channel audit, which means we look at your whole channel. On Wednesday, we do video review, which means we look at parts of your video and we will critique them. So we do a lot of stuff that doesn't require you spending a single dime of vidIQ, and we just hand out this information to you guys. Because we want to see you all win. And that's why we're here. That's the whole purpose of me being on this podcast. When I started hosting this podcast back in October of last year, my goal was to make it valuable to anybody that's listening, whether you be a new creator, established creator, or whatever. I wanted you to glean some value out of the podcast. So that's why I do it. And that's why I'm glad Rebecca does not make the time to come on here and talk to me today because she's a newer creator. She's starting her journey and uh, she's finding growth on YouTube. So that's, that's what it's all about to me. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I also want to add, you know, you and everybody else at vidIQ, you're very constructive with your criticism. And so, you know, I want to put that out there that, you know, people getting their channels audited or even just people watching it, this is all constructive criticism. This is not, you know, Dan and Rob and Viper and Jeff just pointing at channels and going, oh, this is stupid. They're constructively criticizing these channels. So use that, like keep an open mind when they're looking at these channels. They, they're trying to help you. Like one thing I noticed about all of you guys is that you're very passionate about helping people. Like, you know, you have a paid subscription to vidIQ, but you do all these live streams, you do all these free videos, you do these tips on Twitter all for free because you're very passionate about helping people. We are. Like I said earlier, we want to see everybody win. I mean, that's the whole goal. I want to see everybody succeed in this bustling creator economy because there's so many opportunities out there for all of us. 
And I want to see all of us win. So I'm going to do everything in my power to help you understand how to grow on YouTube and get the most out of it because the opportunities are there. The only thing that's stopping you is you. So for all you creators out there listening and out there doing the thing, uh, keep doing the good work. Keep putting in the time. There are no shortcuts. Like I tell you guys all the time, there are no shortcuts. There's no magic button. There's no staples easy button about this, okay? <laughs> you just got to go out there, put in the time, get 1% better every video. And as long as you consistently upload, good things will come your way for sure. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca, I don't know how many subscribers you have on the channel, but like I said, obviously you do live streams on YouTube and you do gaming streams. I'm curious to talk about your reception by the YouTube streamers. Like, have you had like YouTube streamers like stop by or talk to you or like leave comments on your videos? Have you met like YouTube game streamers since you've been on the platform? Yeah, I've met a few, um, but there is one that I met recently, and we actually started playing together on on stream. We started playing games on stream. I don't even know how he found my channel, actually. I think he just, you know, found it in his recommended homepage one day. He clicked on my stream, started coming into my channel, and started chatting. And he was also somebody that used to stream on Twitch and then moved over to YouTube, and he's way happier there. So yeah, I've definitely found some collaborations with YouTube streamers as well. That is pretty awesome. So what are your ultimate goal for the channel? Like what would you like to see happen with your uh, YouTube channel? So I would like to get YouTube partner. That's one of the goals I'm working towards. Um, but mostly really it's to just spread this word of what I've learned as a streamer and a content creator, because I find there's so many misconceptions about being a streamer and being a content creator, especially with people at my level. I'm a very small channel. I have 200 and I think 88 <laughs> subscribers right now. So a very, very small channel. And I find people at my, my level, you know, like I was saying before, they're not open to even looking at a different platform. They have all these misconceptions. So I want to help people understand the reality of being a streamer and being a content creator, because I think people are just holding themselves back when they don't do this research. That is amazing. So... You talked about creators having misconceptions and wanting to relay some of the things that you learned in your time streaming on YouTube. Anything that you can give our listeners as far as misconceptions that you have seen or things that you've learned that you can share? Oh, yeah, definitely. So one of them is there's this big misconception in the streaming community of looking at the numbers, right? So <laughs> there's a lot of people that get very hung up about the numbers like, oh, I want this many followers and I'm not getting this many followers or I'm not getting this many viewers or my numbers are down, only one person came into my stream, whatever. They get very, very hung up on that. So a lot of streamers out there especially bigger streamers are saying, oh, don't, don't look at the numbers. Don't even worry about them. Turn your viewer count off. Don't ever look at your analytics. And at first, I bought into that too when I was a brand new content creator. And, you know, it, it was kind of like a feel good thing. It like made me feel good to not look at the numbers. But then I was like, wait a minute, how am I supposed to know where I want my channel to go and what people enjoy seeing if I don't even look at the numbers? So I yeah. think that people are just ignoring the numbers and they're, I mean, those analytics, are, they're important. They shouldn't define you, but I think you should definitely look at them. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be absorbed and completely obsessed with the numbers, especially when you're first starting out. But you want to look at them because you have to have some sort of measurement for growth. And you want to see that you are getting better and you are growing and your audience is growing and all that good stuff. So you definitely want to take a, a look at the analytics at some point along mm -hmm. your journey. But I would uh, say, like the, the bigger humans have said, that I would obsess over the numbers because some of those things you can't control. I would tell people that it's definitely in your interest to worry more about things that you can't control and worry less about the things that you can't control because it's a lot easier that way. And you'll have a lot less worries on your shoulders that way too. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And another misconception I've seen is people don't think that being a content creator and being a streamer really is any work. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are out there saying like, well, it's a lot of hard work, but it's not just about working hard. It's also about having a specific skill set. So when people come to watch content, it's either to get information, right? They want to like be educated on something. They want to learn something or they're just, you know, trying to get information about something. Like if I was looking at a new game and I wanted to know, you know, should I buy this or not? I might look up a review of the game or, you know, you do tech videos. So maybe somebody's looking for a product that you reviewed and they're going to go look at your video or they're looking to be entertained. And so I think a lot of people don't realize that they need to bring one of those values to their content. And a lot of people are thinking, you know, they, they should get paid just for going on camera and playing a game and saying hi to anybody that comes into their chat. That's not what content creators and streamers are getting paid for. They're either getting paid for their entertainment value or their educational value. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because I always tell, especially newer creators, that when people don't know who you are when you're first starting out, you have to provide some type of value to a potential viewer to get them mm -hmm. to keep coming back to you. You have to give them a reason to trust you because, again, they don't know who you are. They've never yeah. seen your content. So yeah. why should they care about what you're putting out there? Why should they keep coming back to you over and over again? And people, especially newer creators, you need to think about what is your value proposition? What are you doing for a potential viewer? Because I think the big mistake, Rebecca, that a lot of newer creators make out there is they make it all about themselves. Now, I'm mm -hmm. not saying you can't go out there and have fun with the content that you create. What I'm saying is that you have to understand that if you want to grow, especially on YouTube, it's all about what you can do for the viewer. What are you? What value are you bringing a viewer? Why should they care about what you're putting out? Yeah, and that reminds me of something that you say a lot, which is, you know, it's about the audience. It's what the audience wants to see. And there's also a lot of misconceptions out there about, you know, people telling other streamers, just play whatever you want. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, what your viewers want to see, just go play whatever you want and the viewers will come to you. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. <laughs> listen, we could play Call of Duty, uh, what, the, what was that game? What's um, Call of Duty Ghost, right? That mm -hmm. game came out, I think, in 2013, 2014, something like that. If I try to stream Call of Duty Ghost today, I'm getting laughed at, okay? I'm going to be playing by myself. I'm going to be streaming by myself. Nobody coming to watch me play yeah. a 10-year-old <laughs> game or 8-year-old game, okay? You have to play games that are relevant to people today. Let me tell you the way I used to use Twitch. Um, when I was interested in a game that I was thinking about buying, usually it's a game that just came out recently or something that maybe came out maybe a year ago or something. I would go to Twitch and I would look at the gameplay, look at people playing that game and see how it is, see how the difficulty is and see how it looks and the graphics and all that stuff, the plot, story, different things like that. But again, I'm not going to Twitch or YouTube to watch a game that's been out for eight years. I don't care. I'm thinking about games that are coming out today, like this week, right? Later this week, the new Madden comes out, Madden NFL 23. So if I want to go check out how that gameplay is and different things like that, starting, I think, on Monday, I can go to Twitch and check out the stream because the game will be out for early access on Monday. Mm -hmm. So I can go to Twitch I can go, or go to YouTube even and check out people playing Madden 23 because they will have access to the game on Monday and I can see if it's something that I want to get. It's a game that I care about because it's coming out on the 18th of August of this year. So it's a game that's coming out soon and I'm interested in. Chances are I'm not going to be interested in a game that's over a year old, but I know some people would do play retro games and things like that. But just for the, the purposes of this chat, I'm not really interested in a game that's been out for five, six, seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. So going back to what you were saying, Rebecca, 
you really want to make sure that you're playing games that are relevant to the audience today and things that people want to see today and care about today. Yeah. And then, I mean, let's say, you know, that retro streamer that only plays retro games and they have that audience that wants to see the retro games and then they play, you know, the new Madden coming out and then their audience is going to be like, that's not the type of game you play, though. That's not what we wanted to see. Right. Yeah. Once you build that audience and they come to affect a certain type of game from you, that's what they affect. And if you try to change or pivot, you might get some blowback because they didn't sign up for you to play a different game than what you've grown them accustomed to. So you got to be careful with that stuff. For sure. Mm hmm. Rebecca, do you have any last word for our listeners out there before we uh, sign off here? Well, you know, it's funny that we just talked about like the audiences and, you know, changing games up on them because I just talked about how I play a variety of games. But I also think it's like setting expectations for your audience as well. So if you like establish yourself as a retro gamer and then you go out and play a brand new game and your audience is going to be like, oh, what are you doing? Or the opposite. But um, with my channel... I've kind of set those expectations that I'm I play different games. And so people aren't coming into my channel always expecting the same game. So I think it's also important to set expectations for your audience. It's not just about, oh, you like you pick this one topic and you're always going to be tied to that one topic or that one game. If you set those expectations for your audience, they'll know that you're going to be moving on to different things. Definitely. I agree with you about setting the expectation for your audience because that is very important. Not only setting the expectation, but maintaining that expectation and not changing things up on them to where they go check out your channel one day and you're doing something completely different from what they become accustomed to and they look at you like, what you doing? What's going on? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca MC, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so, so much. Uh, I will have all of your channel information down in the show notes. So if you guys want to go check out her channel, definitely check it out. She is legit. She's up and coming. And uh, if you are into gaming, definitely go down there and check out her YouTube channel and uh, join the fun. But I appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Tube Talk. I'll be back next week. Y'all go out there, be kind, be safe. And I'll be back next week with another episode of Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by VidIQ. Head over to vidiq.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.